I'm Whitney. I'm the oldest sister. I'm a professional counselor and a youth minister. Hi, I'm Kelsey, and I'm the youngest sister. I'm currently a stay-at-home mom and the co-owner of Tava Ministries. And I'm producer Adam, the other co-owner of Tava Ministries. Hi, and welcome to Lord Help the Sister. I'm Whitney. And I'm Kelsey. Welcome to episode 11. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, we are so glad you guys are here and listening. Um, We have quite a few questions and comments that we're going to be going over in this episode. So go ahead and just listen in as we go through those questions and comments. Another listener um, had a couple questions for us as well. Um, One question specifically for Whitney What's it like to be the minister in your family versus how traditionally or how you were raised with your dad as the minister? Does it affect on how you two approach the thought of future kids? I don't think that I've ever thought too deeply about the gender difference between, you know, growing up with a a dad who was a pastor and not a mom who was a pastor. I think partially because our mom kind of was a pastor, though she never had the title. (laughs) So I don't know that I've ever even really made a huge distinction uh, in that way or a contrast in that way. But I definitely, the older I get and the um, the more I learn, the more I am trying to very much advocate for uh, women being able to have official titles and uh, official, not titles, titles don't matter. Well, titles matter, but um, having official roles as pastors and Mm -hmm. things like that and not just being, you know, eligible to just care for children. Not that that is not a huge responsibility and extremely um, serious and and wonderful role. So, yeah, I don't think I made too much of a, a, a distinction growing up. Did you, Kelsey, was that something? No, I don't think so. As you're saying it, not necessarily. She functioned as a pastor all. I mean, yeah. still does to this day. So, I mean, though I know our church has some beliefs on it, I'm not sure exactly what those are, but we don't have any women who are official pastors or elders. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, my beliefs may differ some from that. I don't know that I've processed too much what it would mean to to raise a kid who is whose parent is in the ministry, which sounds kind of funny because I grew up in that, right? You'd think I would think along those lines, but I don't know that I have thought a super amount of that, but I'd like to think I would handle it like our parents did for the most part, because I think it was an overall good experience for us. I'd like to think I would be thoughtful about it as I believe our parents were thoughtful about parenting us. I think as we heard from our dad and, you know, one of our beginning episodes, I think they were very, very thoughtful and very intentional in the way parented, they parented us. So I would like to think I would, I would do the same way with intention and, um, yeah. Okay. Another question that they posted for producer Adam, whoa, what was it like to marry into a family that is highly involved and committed to the local church? What did your involvement to the local church look like prior to marriage? Yeah, I think it was neat. Um, We've sort of touched on some of these ideas before where it kind of felt like my family just like overnight became like 18 million times larger than it was the day before um, in so many cool ways. And it was a bit of a shift for me because I um, was involved in my local church Um, largely in a video making capacity. Um, and I was involved in a, in a really cool life group, but I had unfortunately moved away from that church. And so I was kind of in this really cool transition phase in between being really involved in my local church and kind of like needing a a new 
church to belong to because it was just too far of a drive. I mean, I, I would love to hear the the sisters' thoughts on how one can be involved in a church when you're like 45 minutes away from it physically. I think it's hard, in my experience, it's hard to be plugged in to a church that's not even in the same town that you are yeah. anymore. Yeah, what you're saying. And so it was neat because when Kelsey and I started dating and then got married, I started going to the church that we now go to uh, with her. And it's in the town that we live in. And our first home was five minutes away from the church. And I work a job that has very um, flexible hours, for lack of a better phrase. And so it was very easy to start giving my time to the church in a way that I um, found very, very fulfilling. Um, also, I think it can be really easy to find yourself doing probably more things than you necessarily need to be doing because you feel like it's, it's got, well, if it's not me, then who's going to do it? And, um, it's cool because our pastor who happens to be my father-in-law does a really good job of, um, actually like kind of telling me not to do some things, I think, cause he, is fully aware of the fact that people can get burnt out. So there's been a lot of times where I like almost was offended for a minute that like, I can't believe Jeff didn't ask me to do that. And then I realized his reasoning was because I'm about to have a baby or I'm um, coming off of a really long project that he knew about because he's my dad and he knows that I may be needed to just spend some time at home resting. And so it's just been cool to have um, a church family that actually like wants my help, but also knows that I'm not the only, I'm not just like some resource to use. Yeah. I love that. I think there was a couple of times when we first got married, <laughs> not that we were like shocked or anything, but because when we dated, you know, our church was kind of shut down. And so as we were engaged and got married, it was kind of like every, all the responsibilities kind of restarted. And I, we volunteer for a lot of things. And so I feel like sometimes you'd be like, not even that you were like incredulous about it, but I realized through your reaction sometimes that like, oh yeah, like five out of the seven days of the week, we're doing stuff over at church or they're involved something to do with a small group or an outreach or whatever. And so you would kind of bring that perspective to my eyes. And then it was neat because together we got to decide like, Hey, that worked for single Kelsey to do all of those X, Y, and Z things that what's going to work for married Adam and Kelsey. Now it's not just me. And so we kind of got to, to pick and choose. I dropped some things and I decided I couldn't maybe participate in all of those things, but it's neat because you've picked up your own areas of interest and service. And, um, I've also changed in those ways. So it's been neat to see you adapt to that and also help me see, um, some different sides of it too. Well, it was neat too, to pick up like streaming at all as an option for our church during COVID. Um, and Whitney and I got to work on writing a grant together for that. And then when we got it to a point where I felt like it was pretty, uh, self-sustaining we handed it off to Brad. And I mean, that's kind of the fun part about working and being a part of a small church is that you get to like all do stuff together. And this is some of my favorite, uh, work, to do and some of my favorite co-workers I just also happen to be family members with a lot of them so kind of neat yes I like that question that was cool hearing your perspective on it so thank you listener for that um they had one final question for both sisters outside of church and family what other things do each of you do 
uh, our listener finds it hard to have the capacity for much more that isn't related to um, sort of the church and family circles of life? Um, I, in my spare time, love to read. I have been finding that to be a really great outlet, again, for myself. I love, love, love to read. I love to play a certain game with my husband on the computer that I'm not going to name, um, but we love to game together. It's Nancy Drew. Stop. <laughs> Nancy Drew. I saw him play Nancy get Drew. ready to <laughs> say to it. Game together. We do. We've been, we picked that up here recently in the last like six months and it has been super fun. Something fun for us both to do. Adam likes to, to game anyway on the side and I loved these games as a kid and that's like a fun thing that we've enjoyed doing. So we'll like buy a game, download it and then we'll solve it. Adam's been pushing us to do the senior level, senior detective on a lot of these. So they're a little bit more challenging, um, but it's just fun. So I really enjoy reading. And when the weather's nice like this, I love being outside um, as much as possible. And we love camping at our campground, which does involve our family, but I still love going there. What were you going to say? Uh, no, I too love reading. Yes. I, Brad got me a Kindle a couple of years ago. I was very resistant to Kindles for very, many, very, very many years. We were avid um library goers throughout our yeah. childhood right so I was kind of resistant to the Kindle but he got me a Kindle and I went through a phase where I bought a ton of books on the Kindle and just like recently I literally bought 10 books on Amazon so I have like I've been reading constantly here lately I love that. um also I mean it's uninteresting but I sure do love to clean I'm a big cleaner I like my house a very certain way and I like task completion it also helps me get my mind off of things and so I mean that's like it's fun to me. I don't know. I enjoy it. I like the way it smells. I can relax. Yeah, I, I just love that. I'm, I don't know. I enjoy watching Netflix. And I recently have been learning how to needlepoint. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I'm not good at it yet. I'll let you know. I'd love to be made something. Oh, well, I'll let you know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we also have two really big dogs. And so I spend a lot of time taking care of them, brushing them. They're very, it's shedding season for them all the time. So I do spend a long time, a lot of my time taking care of them. And I also do very much enjoy baking. I like to bake breads oh, yeah. and things. We love when you bake for us. Mm-hmm. So thank you, listener. Those were some really cool questions. A lot of fun um, things to think about. Uh, we're going to move on to another loyal listener's question. Um, sisters, what was the hardest thing you experienced when switching from single life to married life? I think the hardest thing was, um, was in the nicest way, kind of a loss of independence, um, being able to do whatever I wanted with my money, being able to do whatever I wanted with my time, never having to, to, you know, necessarily run anything by anybody. I really enjoyed the freedom once I graduated my parents, um, their home once I moved on and went to college. Then I was like, had several years of just enjoying um, the time that I got to spend making my own choices. I would say for me, the overall was just all the adjustments that had to be made. That that first year was not the hardest for me or anything like that. It wasn't, oh, marriage is so hard. It was all of the adjustments. It was adjusting from being single to being in a relationship. It was adjusting from not having any cats and then having cats. So now I have these cat stepsons that I can't stand or whatever, you know. So it's, you know, just the adjustments, adjusting to, you know, I'm going to bed. Are you going to bed now? No, I don't want to go to bed. But, you know, whatever. Just those little things. Those little things really added up for mm-hmm. me over that first year. But it was still a very good year. It was good. That was a good question. We also received a uh, an email from a listener that I want to share just a little blurb of it so you can get some context, sisters. 
This listener said, I grew up in church my whole life. I was the kid that was awkward and never felt like I could fit in or I had to prove myself to others, which always ended badly for me. She goes on to say that she just felt a little bit alone um, and kind of picked on a lot of times, um, which is just really sad. She goes on to say, I have been hurt a lot in the Christian community, but I will say with all the hurt, I still choose to follow God and know we humans are different from our Holy Father. So sisters, growing up in a church with your experiences, what would you suggest on how to forgive church hurt? I would say, first of all, thank you so much for reaching out. What a really tough journey it sounds like it's been for you from the time you were very young to, I think, what you're saying a little bit more recently. So we're so sorry that that's happened. Sorry that you have felt picked on and rejected. I hate that for you. I hate that that's been your experience. But I also think it's really neat to hear that you are still, you know, working on your relationship with the Lord and you still have... um, you're still pursuing. I mean, you're listening to a podcast about Christians. So, I mean, that's leading me to assume that you're, you know, trying to pursue some, some good Christian living advice. And so thank you for that. What an honor it is. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. And, um, I think if I may, if we just want to talk about the end of that, um, you know, church hurt is so painful. It's extra difficult, I think, because church is supposed to be a place where everybody loves you. And I think we assume that means they're not supposed to hurt us. And that means acceptance of of the Jesus variety because it should be. But I think we often forget that people in church are just hurting people and they tend to hurt people. And um, I think we can't place that value of God on them or Jesus on them. Although we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we also inflict pain unknowingly, knowingly. Um, and so I think it's kind of more of taking a little bit of the good with the bad. And, and I think that if obviously it sounds like that uh, particular situation was pretty difficult, um, you know, trying a, a different place, trying a place mm-hmm. where um, there's some people who are going to lift you up and, and not tear you down and um, being able to put boundaries in your life when people start to to come too close or abuse um, any of those in the name of Jesus. And I'm, again, I'm super sorry that happened. It's happened to, I know a lot of people and to us, um, but it, I just want to encourage you to please not let that get in the way of your relationship with God and with his community because he calls us as difficult as it is. He still calls us to walk beside other believers. And unfortunately, I wish sometimes that church was just an attendance of one because then no one would hurt me there. Um, but it's not. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned in that. And um, yeah, I don't know. What would, what else would you say? Yeah. No, and just to address the forgiveness part, I would just say, A, great and wonderful job of even knowing that that's part of what you have to do. I think that's so great that you're at that point where you're ready to forgive people or you're maybe even contemplating, maybe you're not ready, but you're contemplating forgiveness. So well done on that. Um, that's, that's an awesome spot to be in. Um, but I would say the forgiveness process looks like it does with every other relationship we've had in our lives. I mean, however, I do think it's important to point out that it doesn't mean you have to condone or forget what happened. You can't do that anyway, but to, uh, go through the process of letting go of, um, the travesties that have been, uh, that have happened to you, that people have let you down, that people have, it sounds like they've really hurt you and, and really, um, been very unkind to you. So I think that process of letting go and then finding ways to actively walk out 
of unforgiveness. And that's, you know, finding ways to re-engage with people. I think that's the next step. Now, I don't mean that that necessarily is like, oh, re-engage with those people, right? I mean, forgiveness doesn't have to mean reconciliation. Forgiveness is a heart thing between us and God. So that process of actively letting go of that. And then at some point when you feel ready and you feel like you're you're feeling more confident, you know, you re-engage with people. You re-engage, like Kelsey said, at a new church or a new small group or whatever with lots and lots of boundaries. And I, I should play this, what you just said over to myself, because in one week I'll be feeling similar and it just ebbs and flows and not at all to minimize what you're talking about, but pain and, and church particular church hurts seem to just hit a little bit differently. And I think because we have high expectations of those around us. And so I think just having as realistic as possible and reminding yourself who you're sitting next to in small group, who you're sitting next to in church. It's a person who's just like you. And you said you have a past. We all do, my friend. We all have past. We all have, you know, past mistakes and we have current mistakes and we have future mistakes. And so that certainly doesn't uh, make us any different from each other. We're in fact all different about it or we're, we're in fact all similar um, in that way. And so I thank you for being so vulnerable in that way. And you're going to find your people. You're going to find your people, especially if you lead like the way you did with us in, in your in your comments there. You know, you're being honest. It's great. I thought that was really good. Thank you, sisters. Um, I think... Um for some reason this felt profound to me. I, I actually, um, I feel like a month ago or so there was some study I was doing that was about forgiveness and they basically, I'm terrible at quoting scriptures, but I think it's Matthew where they basically say that idea of, um, you forgive others and God forgives you and what you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you for. And it's like a very, um, like, whoa, one of those verses that kind of like hits you is like this feels um, very impactful. And basically the whole study was trying to say that if you read that what, for what it's saying, it's, it's, it's very obvious that forgiveness is not for someone else. It's, it's for you. It's actually totally an act for yourself to get right with God. And um, I think sometimes I always thought for me, I always thought forgiveness was like something that you are giving to someone else and how that, that helps them. And, and it's hard because a lot of times I'm like, I I don't want to, I don't want to give that to, why would I give them something good? They, they don't deserve that yet. And I'm not comfortable giving that to them, but it's, it's really actually to heal the bitterness inside you. Um, and it's actually like one of the greatest gifts, like you can give yourself in that process of, um, I'm going to forgive this person so I can heal, so I can move on, so I can continue to worship God in the way that I um, deserve to be able to do. Um, it's kind of like that idea of uh, anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Um, I think sometimes we just hold on to those things because we feel like um, we can or we should or whatever it is. And um, and the other person doesn't deserve anything better than that. And it's actually, it just hurts us the whole time. So we'll be praying for you in this process of healing. Again, thank you to everybody who reached out. Um, and we just encourage you again um, to leave us an email if you have any questions or comments or things you'd like us to talk about in our next episode. Uh, go ahead and email adam at tavaministries.com. Yeah, thanks for listening to Lord Help the Sister. We'll see you next time. Don't forget to like and subscribe and click the link in our show notes to email questions to producer Adam. Thanks for listening.